Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. This is the podcast that will drive you wild and drive you crazy. This is Decibel Geek. I walk by moonlight and everybody knows I'm Aaron Camaro. My co-host, he was distant, but now he's nearer. Come on and love them. It's Chris Sinzak. How's it going, brother? Happy Kissmas in July. Same to you, and I, I can't follow that. I didn't come up with any clever words. <laughs> <laughs> I know. You're so excited about the task at hand, man, because if you've seen the episode artwork or you've seen the write-up for the show, you know that today, during Kissmas in July, Decibel Geek is taking you to school. But not just any school, we're taking you to Cadillac, Michigan High School. Oh man, we're going back to 1975 when KISS came to town. Yeah, it's an exciting one because, um, you know, we've heard from the coach in the past. He's done a lot of media appearances about this and told the story about it. But we're going to get a first-hand account from an actual player that was on the football team. And... Um, I'm just excited to hear a you know a student's account of being there that that year, and I have a lot of questions. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun today. But you know us. Before we get to the Kissmas in July celebration, we got to take care of our business. And lo and behold, can you believe it? We've got a review. Yeah, it's an Apple Podcast review. All five stars are there. It's entitled "For Those About to Rock," and it goes like this. Do you love bands such as Aerosmith, Van Halen, Hailstorm, or any other hard rock and heavy metal bands? No? Well, if you love to hear two guys talk passionately about a shared interest, then give Decibel Geek a listen. Okay, that's cool. (laughs) If you don't like rock and roll... You might not like this show, I don't think. <laughs> Appreciate you giving it a chance. That's from Bloodhound74 on Apple Podcast. Yeah, that's cool, man. I like that. From right here in the good old United States, a little outside the box. I dig it. It's very cool. Hey, one more thing before we get into this. I want to mention a really cool charity thing that's going on where you can win an autographed bass guitar and a phone call from Eric Brittingham. Oh, nice. And you could also win two additional guitars autographed by Lita Ford, George Lynch, Reb Beach, Paul Taylor, and Pete Evick. Um, this is a cool thing. Our friend Dave Tedder, 
who uh, helps out with PR for them. Uh, he, they're helping out with a treatmentrelief.org raffle. And uh, Eric Brittingham has been kind enough to help with this. So basically, Eric has an autographed Dean base, and he's donating it to the winner of a raffle supporting the Treatment Relief Help Corps charity. So if you want to qualify to win, go to treatmentrelief.org slash raffle, and I will put a link in the show notes for this. And nice. uh, enter the raffle, click on the tickets button. Raffle tickets are only 10 bucks. Hell yeah. Every ticket purchase guarantees the purchaser a chance to win one of the three guitars. So either the bass autographed by Eric, a guitar autographed by Lita Ford, which is a BC Rich Warlock. It's badass. Sweet. And another guitar autographed by George Lynch, Red Beach, Paul Taylor, and Pete Evick from Brett Michaels' band. Eric Brittingham is going to pick the raffle winners at random on Sunday, uh, August 20th of this year. So you don't have a lot of time. You want to get this in soon. And it says, all proceeds from the raffle will be going to the citizens of Rio, West Virginia. Populations under 200 on is almost all elderly. Wow. They they each live on an average of five hundred to six hundred dollars per month of supplemental security income, and they're struggling just to survive. I like it when rock and roll does good stuff, you know, when because we love it, and it's always great to have something out there where other people can see it and go, you know what, these rock and rollers are pretty cool dudes. And I'll tell you this, I wouldn't mind owning any one of those guitars. I love all those players. Yeah, I can't play as well as any of those people, but I would be happy <laughs> to hang one of those guitars up on my wall and plink around on it a little bit in my office here. But uh, they, they do also want me to mention 100% of the proceeds of this is going to go to the citizens of Rio, not a portion or a little or a, or a, you know, a few pennies. It's every, right. every dollar and every penny goes to, to those people. So it's really worth your time. 10 bucks to win a raffle. It's worth your time. Yeah, for sure, man. Yeah, check that out in the show notes. Get in on that. You know, you're doing something good, and you might get something really awesome out of it, too. Yep. Man, we had a lot of fun last week during Christmas in July, kicking it off with our awesome friend Diamond Tim. What adventures that guy had. A lot of people loved that episode. A lot of people wanted to get out there and share the good word about Christmas in July. It's real easy. If you see us on Facebook or you see us on Twitter, and you see that we've just announced the brand new episode, this episode, Cadillac Dreams. Oh, yeah. When you see that, if you share it or retweet it, your name gets added to a list, and it's a list of the most awesome people in the world, people that share what we got going on here at the Decibel Geek Podcast. When we've got people like that out there that's got our backs, there's only one thing we can do to show them the love. And that's to honor them as Geeks of the Week. Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, Rock and Ron Runyon, Kristen Schimbeck, Matt Porter, The Kiss Room, Grayson Gallegos, Eric Luzier, Mark Alden-Taylor, Darren Parkin, Shay Hargett, Simon Cat, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Keith Rockford, Sherry Newhouse-Williams, David Glenn, Craig Turdich, Mark Starsky, Shane Abaird, Samuel Wetz, Mark Walden, Warren or Edward LaRue Baker, Derek Novak, Brent Tibbetts, Tony Smith, Jason Gallinger, Mike Bold, Tom Logsdon, Brian Bellows, John Phillips, The Legendary Kiss Black Books, Sit and Spin with Joe, Freeform Rock Podcast, Mark and Jerry BS Sessions, David Cathy, Patrick Green, Jay Shablewski, Steve, Too Punk to Be a Podcast, Hakon Bergstad, Eladio, Rodney Barrington, Nick Minow, J.J. McElhenney, Ernesto Aguiar, Vet Halen, Whiting Guitar Works, Mike Parnell, Minnowland, and Obscuria Podcast, Will Honeycutt, Joseph Capone, Victor Rua, Scott Crouch, and as always, The, the Mooger Fooger. That's right. A lot of KISS fans having a good time with us right here during Kissmas in July. And we're not done yet. We're going to keep it going 
all month long. So you guys keep tuning in to the Decibel Geek Podcast as we celebrate the hottest band in the land. It's KISS. Yeah, you ready for this? Let's do it. Well, I can tell you this. Whenever I meet somebody from Cadillac, Michigan, you know my first question. Were you there in 1975 when KISS came to town? I was. I was right in the middle of it. Yeah. We've got a guest today that was right there in 1975. Chris, man, you found us a really good guest for Christmas in July. Why don't you tell the people who we've got with us today? So, yeah, so so the one of the coaches, Jim Neff, was um, – we he actually was supposed to be on this call, but we had some scheduling conflicts, so he wasn't able to join us. But but Coach Neff has been kind of the, the face of the Cadillac KISS connection for a long time and had done a lot of media appearances. So I kind of was wanted to talk to somebody with this story, but somebody else who, you know, maybe have, have a different angle on it. And uh, I actually went old school with my research and looked in the back of the Nothing to Lose book with the credits of everyone that contributed, and I found Bill Barnett, who we have on the line. And um, Bill was a member of the football team. And, and am I correct that you became the mayor of Cadillac as well? Yes, totally independent events and issues and uh, a lot of opposites there. But with that, uh, and it is part of my history, and uh, maybe KISS had something to do with that because it got me off to a good start as a uh, junior, and that's when they came in 1975. And being part of that experience, being part of that team uh, was something I'll never forget. And one of the highlights of my life, marriage, my son. And here comes Kiss coming to Cadillac. That's so cool, man. And you're right. You know, the way the community embraced that whole thing, you know, and to be a part of that is such a cool thing. And we've seen little bits of video and stuff from it over the years. The ESPN thing is great. You're on that. So I guess start with this. Where was the first time that you ever became aware of the band Kiss? Well, there was a summer weightlifting program, and uh, Jim Neff was the school uh, representative who would meet. Uh, we had a weight room, and uh, all the guys would get in there, uh, sophomores, juniors, seniors, some freshmen, and there'd be weightlifting sessions. And the thing that he liked to do was to bring his uh, record player in there. He'd play things like REO, Speedwagon, uh, Midwest Band, kind of, uh, also Yes, and just two that I can remember for sure. He would play these records, show the albums to everybody, and we would wait left to this music, and it was fun. He made it fun. He He's kind of a rock and roller. He's my English teacher as well, and an assistant coach on this team that, like no other. He had a younger, he was sort of a younger guy. He was in his, I think, later 20s, so we kind of identified with him to a degree. He was very cool. His brother was in a band that actually warmed up Kiss when they came here, the double yellow line that was the warm-up band. Nice. He just moved up here, was a teacher, and was a great assistant coach. Uh, and uh, he had a little different take than our other coach. But I first heard about it in a weight room. And then as a JV, they came into the JV uh, team meeting, the varsity coaches, and they said, listen, Kiss is coming to Saginaw tonight. I'm in 10th grade. I've heard them in the locker room. I like their songs. I bought a few of their records. 
And they said, who would like to go? No varsity players want to go. Who would like to go? I'm in the back row. Another guy, Sam Sedell, myself, uh, both put our hands up and said, we'll go. First concert ever, Saginaw Civic Center. I'm being driven down by two coaches. I'm in the back seat with my buddy. Never been to a show. Uh, this is big city to me. I w- went to cities and so forth. But here I went, and I'm looking at the makeup, the uh, the lights, the whole thing. We're about halfway back on the side. Decent seats, and uh, we had a great time. And I'm just, okay, I get this. So I had a preview as a as a JV, why nobody took this opportunity as a varsity player? They, you know, they didn't uh, maybe see ahead in the future. I was a music guy, had a younger brother, older brother, both uh, heavily into music. Younger brother like Elton John, older brother John Denver, kind of acoustic guitar. But I had music in my family, so it really it stuck to me. So my first two experiences were, first of all, the weight room, summer stuff. You're just going over there, your kid on your bike, and uh, you come out of there with a good influence of music. And then uh, next thing you know, I'm going to a concert. And this is before the football season starts. I'm in 10th grade on the JV team. Uh, and uh, this is how long he had been working on Kiss because it was even before uh, the season where the team started out poorly. And uh, I, I said he's kind of a more normal guy. He's very down to earth as far as kids go our other coach had come with military background he was very uh strict and you know he wanted silence and focus before games his name is milo bryan's great guy great coach historic coach for cadillac but his approach was way different and you looked at these two guys and they were not a couple of apples they were apples and oranges but they were good good fruits both of them and uh and he talked dave bryan's milo dave bryan's Dave Milo Bryan's into playing music in the uh, locker rooms. And we got it. We got the same thing in the JV. Um, You know, we went to camps. We had three a day practices, eventually things like that. We'd go home and listen to Kiss. We were all Kiss fans. That's cool. um, One day I had him, uh, Jim was taping my ankles. And when I was a junior and he says, Bill, I got to tell you, you're going to be the first to hear this. And uh, he was a, a trainer as well. He was taping my ankle said kiss is coming and i'm not kidding they're coming don't tell a soul try to keep wow. this quiet for like three weeks oh so you you knew about it before anyone else did yeah yeah because i had that special connection with him um not only with that concert but music and uh you know he he left a great impression on everybody we're so happy to have him still here dave bryan's is still around and nice. uh i was a part of that it uh, changed my life i i it turned me into a musician I ended up uh, playing guitar. I played at our junior senior banquet. I recorded two CDs over my life. Played in bands so, uh, since, you know, forty years in wow. music. And I wouldn't. I didn't get the bug that my brothers had until here comes Kiss. Yeah. And wow. <laughs> there, there it went. I, they made me play air guitar, and this is really, I think, the thing that sent me over. These big guys. There are a couple of big guys you'll see on those old pictures. Uh, John Clarkwist and Harry Hagstrom. I mean, these guys are six five, six six, three hundred pounds, and all muscle. When they say that you're going to play an air guitar solo on a bus ride home, you get up and you do exactly what they say as a as a JV. And I got all this attention for faking like I'm playing guitar, like Ace Freely. And uh, with that, uh, I ended up playing guitar and going and uh, 
piano, bass, and I've played in all kinds of bands since then, all thanks to Kiss coming and pushing me into music. So it's a life-changing experience. That's great. And uh, I was so uh, fortunate to be right there. Yeah. Man, that is awesome. I love that. We won our homecoming. This was the homecoming that they came. They appeared the Thursday afternoon. They didn't have much interaction. There was no, you know, teasing, nothing in the scrums. Really wasn't a fact. I don't think anybody really got the significance of it until maybe his broke through. They were doing Kiss Alive. Uh, It was just going up. It had just hit in Kobo. I mean, we were listening to studio albums before that. Mr. Nutt was quick enough to learn that, hey, this thing's, this group's something different with the makeup and music and, uh, you know, the four of them were really something, and they've continued well with uh, with their replacements. But he saw that, and he had that vision. And I mean, none of the varsity players did, and we didn't hear it from teammates. I don't think they they knew it. But when I went to college at Michigan State University, that's everything. Everywhere I go, really, and Cadillac comes up. That is it really true? And then uh, I'm on the picture. You guys just put a picture on the website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Next to Harry, I'm 88 with my face looking at you with my uh, Paul Stanley star. Just happened oh, yeah. to peek at that on Facebook, but uh, I don't know if you knew that's who I was. I did. I found that on. I, I scoured your Facebook page, and that's where it came from. I'll be you honest. You did well. You guys do your research. <laughs> oh yeah. You oh, do yeah. Great research. But I was going to give. I was going to give uh, Coach Neff credit um, for being on the cutting edge of stuff because he was. I mean, he was learning about them on the first, first, you know, first second album yeah. there, and you saw them in Saginaw. Get that was seventy four. That would have been like their first U.S. tour. So you saw them very early yeah. on. Yeah. The first thing I, I guess I ever heard is we listened to Chicago radio because Cadillac is conservative. We had these stations that were kind of backward. Not really even pop music. I mean, the monkeys playing I'm a Believer was as rocky as it got. So I heard about Kissing Time, and they had kissing uh, contests. And that's the first I heard of them. That song really probably wasn't representative of what they, they did, but that's when I heard of them. And it was and, and uh, really the way Jim introduced us to them, to them was way different than that. And uh, so I guess I did hear about them, uh, and they were breaking through. But, man... What an experience. And, and the day that they showed up outside of our school and the whole school just poured out, we knew they were coming. We've never seen limousines. You know, really, this is Cadillac. It, it's a small town. It was conservative. There was this buildup and pushback when it was starting to come because they wore masks and masks and blood and fire. And this was all basically not looked well upon by the uh, religious community. Some of it uh, was pushing back and uh, asking that it not happen, and we're not happy. But these guys came out of these cars. Uh, there was a, a moonroof that uh, I can remember as Gene Simmons. But here's these huge, splashy black limos. We don't even know what a limo is. They're just beautiful. We don't see them in town. There's four of them, and they're just cruising up. Uh, and here comes Gene up out of the moonroof, standing up. And, he, oh, my God, what a sight. You know, and he's raising his hands and doing his his stuff with the tongue and uh, it was just an incredible memory for a kid and for a whole school. Uh, and, th- and that year I was a, a junior and uh, the KISS class, they call it, is the class of 76. I'm in 77. So 
I got to enjoy that, the the burning of the dummy. Um, but when they first came here, I was assigned to ACE. ACE, uh, they had their, all their outputs on, leather. Uh, we got to, a couple of us, I had to walk him to the bathroom. He needed to go to the bathroom. That was one memory I had. <laughs> and then our football team, we walked him back um, and walk, into a the music room, and they, they met with us and uh, talked to, to everybody. They were so nice, down to earth. I know they, you know, what rock stars are these days and what the, they became maybe is different than most uh but man they were down to earth and treated us like gold and for jim enough to pull this off with his conservative coach conservative community uh and uh leading up to a show in the gym that culminated with their foam that they kick out at the end during rock and roll and all night and party every day they used to have hair at the time which was fun and i'll, <laughs> I'll never forget coming home from that concert with styrofoam in my hair and i thought how do these guys do this every night because it's coming down on them too uh what a what a sacrifice the makeup the outfits and and to, to see that uh I, we had a burning of the dummy that was uh just down the ways and i watched that and uh, mr neff later told the truth about that because they had a boy scout with a match and some gasoline in one corner and gene over on the other blowing his flame and uh, he blew the flame to to light the yeah the yeah. But actually, wow. uh, reality was uh, we had a Boy Scout down there, a trained match holder, because uh, fire wasn't looked upon too highly at the time either. But uh, that started the burning, uh, the dummy burning. I positioned myself in front of the door, and I was in the front row for this show. Um, so I I had the best seat in the house. I watched from where I was, but. Um, to see that, you know, at so close, I've already seen it. They didn't have the kiss sign. They couldn't fit that in there, but um, they had the entire setup. And just to have them right there and to look back at the history they've had, the moneymaker they made, the music they made after that with Destroyer, um, they really did they keep things going well. And uh, they didn't just ride on their laurels with that live album, which was... no. Exciting. 48 years ago, Chris and Aaron were coming up to a, a pretty big date, though, and we had a 40-year reunion. Mr. Speed, it was a Kiss tribute band. They did a fantastic job. Nice. Uh, and, and just to have Mr. Neff here, who runs tours still, uh, but it was something else. And, you know, when it finished that week, uh, you know, I, none of us were the same, and I've, I've never been the same since then, and uh, it has a special place in my heart. The anniversary, I remember that our friend Andrew Scambatti was, was the Peter Chris in the band at that time when they did that. Mm -hmm. So we kind of lived through, uh, lived through him vicariously. Um, but yet it's just, it's interesting. You know, it's one of those things when I was, I guess, 12 or 13, that's when I started getting into kiss bootleg videotapes. And this is like, you know, late, late eighties, early nineties. And, on one of these tapes I bought was the footage from Cadillac of the parade and uh, them meeting with the city council the day after the concert. And, um, but it was always just randomly stuck on these tapes. And it was kind of like, what the hell is this to me? It was like the most bizarre thing I'd ever seen. I'm like, why is kiss riding around in a parade and why are they putting makeup on these old people? So like, this is like the, the outsider view of a kid from Nashville that, 
just happened to find this at a convention and I'm like, what is this? And then of course, you know, you learn about the whole thing and it's, it's, it's really a once in a lifetime thing. I can't think of any other band that would have done something like this with a high school. And also, like you said, with the town and yeah, they, I'm sure they had their detractors because, you know, Gene was pretty scary looking back then, but aside from, you know, a small group of people just to see a whole town kind of uprise and get, get with it. It's, it's just a wild thing to watch and like to know that, I don't know, as you experienced that, was there a giant buzz about them coming to town before, you know, like in the weeks leading up to it? Yeah, there was, but we were in the school, so we only had the school setting. We didn't know about the city council. We didn't know the mayor was going to get painted up. <laughs> we didn't know the parade was going to be like this, and this parade was a little different. We, I rode on a the JV float, so the whole team was on a float. Well, my one of my best friends, Jim Anderson, is a terrible driver. Guess what? He's driving the Kiss float. I thought, no, my God, no. Maybe he did fine. But I'm thinking, oh, no. Worst case scenario, he slams on his brakes. He goes too fast at once. Uh, his, uh, I think it was a blue cutlass with a white top, but he, it's still in the, the videos. And the cool part about that, which is never happening in any parade that ever happened here or probably anywhere, is everybody saw them coming down the street and they all they approached they encroached they all followed you know it didn't matter they were near the end but the entire community left where they were standing on the side and most of them half of them kids with their 70s haircuts the the era of when that happened to in mid 75 october uh homecoming week uh, but these kids of all types, because we kind of had jocks and freaks. The lo- this put them all together. Our whole school was was stuck in one piece, and they were on Main Street. And you can see these pictures, too, as well, that you might find out there with the haircuts. And uh, I look back there, and, of course, we knew everybody in the town. The town was 10,000. It's still 10,000 today. The cool part about the parade was when Kiss came by, they all, the, the whole public came out and walked with them. And the parade just kept coming with them. And it was just wall to wall people, all well behaved, being careful. I mean, it's kind of hectic because there's moving cars and that's typically something that would never be allowed to be, you know, bodyguards and whatever. whatever. And there was a guy videoing and this video that you see, they, they brought this guy with them and he was everywhere. So we didn't know the significance of it ever. Uh, except when it happened and how exciting it was and then uh, coming up to it. And then as time has gone on, it's bigger. And you started off, the que- Aaron, with the question of, was I there? Because Mr. Neff will repeat this, but there was probably 400 in the gym. They opened up the windows at night. My wife was not allowed to go because she was, she's three years younger, but her mom was, you know, strict and, and didn't let her go. But People could hear coming through these windows at the top of the gym. It's like a bomb went off when they started. Um, and <laughs> yeah. it, it was so exciting, so loud. So my ears are ringing. I've got styrofoam in my hair. I've not seen these uh, things up like this close. I knew what I was going to see, but it was so much better to be right in front. And there's some other bootleg videos. There's a gentleman who did the... The, the dancing raisins. I know he's got a video he's held on to. Oh yeah, has not come out yet. The guy who did uh, the California raisins commercial. That's correct. Dale, Dale Myers. He was a DJ. 
Uh, and he no he has video of he those? does he did wow he's good he had a big record collection he's a collector so i have a strong hunch he has that just finding the guy would be something else but so there was not much video uh people were taking pictures and they're still showing up parents were there and they would take you know they'd find their pictures because it was probably not a huge thing for them but the place was packed uh the gym was smaller then we have it as part of the tour now how many people do you think were in the gym that day? I'm going to say three to 400. I don't know the number. Wow. It was jammed. There was no place left to sit or stand. All the kids were on the floor, standing up, right up. And it was, you know, 99% full. Every bleacher coming up. And there's two levels of bleachers. So it went sky high to the back. And then they opened for whatever reason. This is not a good idea. They opened the windows. I know it was going to be hot in there. That's why they did that. But man, the noise went out. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it had to. And I heard from people all over the city, blocks away, miles away, up by the airport. They could hear hear Kiss playing wow. in our gym, <laughs> the gymnasium, which is now larger. They got rid of the stage. We had a stage then. It was much smaller. Uh, and they've expanded it. And it's still the historic gym. I mean, there's a, there's a tour in town. And I encourage everyone that loves Kiss to come to Cadillac. We've had uh, Dave Grohl came here from uh, the Foo Fighters. Oh, wow. uh, and there's some possibilities. Uh, there was probably four years ago of having a Kiss movie, um, and it got put on hold like a lot of things. Um, but there's talk again of something coming out. Maybe famous person that was involved. Uh, there's a there's somebody writing this thing right now, and it might be a, a uh, it might be streamed. It might be a series, and it might be a movie. They're just looking at it and. Um, same guy that did Goodbye Vietnam, whatever the movie is. Uh, oh, Good Morning Vietnam. There's some connection there. So there's some credibility with it. Um, I mean, seriously, think about it. It sounds like a movie. Yeah. It yeah. does. You could have a nice run up because, you know, you could have people of all walks of life that were for it, against it, involved, not, and people like, you know, not understanding what's happening rock and roll was different back then it had a uh, negative side to it um it was uh, long hair um after the vietnam war you know music was really good at, in the 70s it's changed obviously now and as far as the older folks probably think and uh, maybe i'm one of them but i'm 64 now so i was 14 then i don't know it, wow. it's it's uh it's a long time ago 14 or so, whatever, uh, maybe a little older than that. 16, I guess it was. Yeah, 16. So two more years, I'll be 66. It'll be 50 years. And I'm hoping we have another celebration and that uh, Jim will put something together. He's really, really been the quarterback. I don't think a week or a day or maybe even a month goes by without somebody calling him. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. Um, so, like, obviously, as diehard kiss fans aaron and i kind of know where kiss was at at the time that this happened alive had just come out really around this time so they they were basically in the process of getting famous at that point um as a person who was witnessing this from ground zero they were still kind of like a slugging it away at this point they the big thing was about to happen so imagine you know fast forward two years later and you're seeing these guys everywhere on lunch boxes pillowcases yeah. You know, there's a movie of the week, all this stuff. I mean, 
as a person who was there at Cadillac, were you just like, wow, look at what they've done? You know, it must have been nuts. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I just we expected it. We it didn't surprise me. Um, they were right on the pinnacle. It was their turning point was the city of Cadillac when they came here for the Cadillac Vikings and uh, played at our homecoming. It was the PR. I'm sure it was good public relations and. Uh, it just seemed to be, you know, that and the album coming out, the difference of rock and roll all night party every day, rock and roll all night studio versus the live version. And that thing uh, taking off, I think, was maybe a big, big thing for them. Uh, and just their, their sound and the fact that it came from Detroit. I'm guessing a majority of that album came from Detroit, which is uh, kind of a Detroit, uh, rather a, an American rock and roll center. Oh, yeah. heart it's part of the heart cleveland obviously is as well but there's something special about detroit uh chicago cleveland this little midwest thing where a lot of bands became big and uh and i think that's that's why they did it at cobo hall which is now yeah I believe torn down uh yeah. but man a lot of years have gone by they're still going it's just incredible and uh you know we're all disappointed it's not the original four but they really kept it going and kept the the heart of Kiss and the the concept and uh, we've got the main people there and they they have great substitutes that have really kept it going. I was able to see Ace Frehley in New York City in a Thanksgiving show and a BB King in the basement of that uh, building and I saw Peter Chris came to Cadillac actually a second time and, oh, wow. and played oh, yeah. at the Pine Pines Gardens with at a, just a a bar and a nightclub. Oh, let oh let, that man! I totally forgot about this. So I remember hearing about this, but I don't know much detail. So were you around? This was like in the mid '80s, right? When he was on his own. Yeah, he was doing his, his solo tour, and uh, you know he was it was so small compared to Kiss, and but he was out there doing it. He sang Bath, and of course that's his signature. And that might be unfortunately the most well-known song by Kiss. And good for them to have a little diversity. Uh, <laughs> no, I guess that's their number one song. I would go with rock and roll. It's either that or I was made for loving you, yeah. which was their disco okay. song. Yeah. So it's like yeah. to pick what one. A, what great diversity right there. If you think about it. Oh, sure. There's a kiss album for every movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't go country yet. So maybe there's still hope. Yeah, there's still time for that one. <laughs> it, what I really see, though, is the enormity, the, you know, European, all over Asian, all over the world that these guys are known. And to know that they came here, they stayed at a local motel, uh, they met with the mayor. You know, I was the mayor for six years, so I know what it's like. And it was, uh, you know, I couldn't see our current city council or anybody uh, when I was on there doing this same kind of crazy stuff. Uh, and back then they're getting in, in their makeup, which is who would do this, right? They, they joined the fun and, uh, people gave in and embraced it and the history was made. Um, and to me, I think just watching them, you know, I, they came to Traverse city, uh, a few, few months after that, mm -hmm. but the show never happened because the, uh, uh, sticks came out and their equipment fried. And so oh, we waited no. till 11 o'clock and they never played. So they, this, you know, they did come back to Northern Michigan, but that, that show did not right in the middle of Dennis DeYoung singing, uh, I don't know, one of his good songs, uh, back then, 
everything went dead. They fried the equipment. Oh, wow. The PA was fried. So this was two weeks, two two months after. And nobody talks about that. But they did come back to northern Michigan to Traverse City, 50 miles north of us. It's kind of the bigger city, the biggest city up here at the Cherry Festival. And uh, they had concerts. And unfortunately, they fried their equipment. We saw half of sticks. We didn't know who's, you know, sticks. What sticks? They were the warm-up <laughs> band. Again, another one of those REO Speedwagon, Kansas, Sticks, Kiss, that kind of got hot in the, in the Midwest. And so they did come back, but they weren't able to play. I still have my stub. I'm waiting for my refund, actually. <laughs> it's 25 bucks back then, if you can imagine. Wow. And we waited, and uh, my mother went to that show. They brought a recorder and of course, the the crowd was not happy at about you know quarter to eleven, and they had some good slogans going on, uh, and the whole crowd in unison. But kids got out of there in one piece, and unfortunately didn't come back. And uh, it wasn't their fault; it was an equipment issue. But we almost got to see them twice in this area, and yeah. half a Cadillac was sitting sitting on the floor with me. And oh, and this time we didn't have our our makeup think about that how powerful is that makeup and to look that way because i gotta imagine if the limos pull up and four guys with flowery shirts and bell bottoms get out it's not a big deal at all like we're not even talking about this today yeah. if it isn't kiss yeah, and the, again the footage kiss looks like aliens from another planet yeah. descending on a new new territory when you watch the footage they look so different you know it, it is the makeup is the key but then you look at the uh the outfits that they have and they somehow 100 percent match with the makeup yeah, and it's yeah. like oh my god and then the hair of course is crazy um and their personalities. Gee's tongue was out all the time, and uh, Paul's <laughs> posing and moving around. And Ace is being Ace. He was he was more down to earth, and Peter Chris was just happy. And they're all good people. They came off as great humans, yeah. and were so nice to the uh, football team, uh, to our city leaders. Um, you know, it was just an incredible whirlwind from, from I believe it was Thursday afternoon they came. They played that night. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the next day, so they stayed overnight. Nobody knew where they stayed overnight. My friends that were uh, that I met later in, in life that were younger um, got to meet them, got to go out to the hotel oh, yeah? uh, and spend time with them. And uh, there's rumors of other people spending time with them, with Gene Simmons, but... <laughs> I, I was, I'm sure a few of the cheerleaders found out where they were staying. One of my best friends, the cheerleader <laughs> Melissa Cotton, she has passed away from cancer. She was the one that Gene took a liking to, was going to pick up and carry uh, onto the helicopter. Well, her dad, he's a county police a sheriff deputy, but actually he was probably a lieutenant or something. He was just under, maybe under sheriff. Uh, he was out on the football field, and uh, he, Gene took a liking to Melissa. Uh, she was one of our cheerleaders and uh, was going to take uh, he was going to take her with with him. Here's the helicopter buzzing. And he instead of going to the helicopter, he runs over to a cheerleader in this gold. We're blue and gold. So gold uh, sweater, these old fashioned. They got to bring him back these uh, cheerleader uniforms. So he yeah. comes over, picks her up, says, would you like to go with me? And out of the corner, here comes a brown uniform. It's her dad over my dead body. It's basically what I heard was said. I'm not sure it was worse than that, but or if it was all in jest. But what an experience for her because 
if that's my daughter, yeah. it would not be all in jail. No. <laughs> I don't think anybody knew at the time the guy had a, had a situation that he was had proclivities toward. But with that, yeah. with that. Yeah, but look yeah. at him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he didn't look normal. You know, he wouldn't be someone to write home about, maybe, if you were going yeah. Mom, Dad, here's my new yeah. boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be a second glance there, for sure. <laughs> yeah. and, and that was, when they did leave, that was incredible as well. Yeah, was that was the helicopter a big surprise oh, for yeah. everybody? Because we were just like, hey, they're going to leave. They want everybody get out to the football field. So everybody's sitting out, and they have kind of they have teachers put in a certain way. So I think somebody knew. I the folklore is that it was just here. Here comes right over our scoreboard a chopper. And, you know, we don't have choppers in Cadillac either. We didn't back then. And this thing comes in, and the the wind. We didn't know any of this. The wind's just blowing us back, and and, and what is going on? And uh, just watching them run over to that thing with the wind blowing on them and everybody that you had just seen basically for the last two days, their support crew, crew, uh, their manager, the guy with the video camera going uh, and to see them hop in this thing, it just was, uh, I don't know, breathtaking. And it just to top that, I was the ice cream of what had just happened, which was this bombastic show in our, our gym that I've been watching basketball games as a kid for years uh, and plays and, you know, maybe a battle of the bands at the most. And then to end it with a huge helicopter coming here, these big city guys, little old Cadillac and, and sharing their, their music, their, their life, their, their project that they were doing. And maybe they didn't know they were going to go where they did, or they had the confidence they were, but they had the decency to come here to follow through with their communications with their coach who kept them up to date with the progress of the team. And I mean, we had just defense plays, you know, um, black diamond was one of them. Nice. So you name the plays after the song defensive formations. Yes. Uh, not the <laughs> offense, but the defense had had some formations with kiss names in it. So that was, that was fun. And then, to go from zero to 60, which was do not make a noise in the locker room pregame to, bah, 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 uh, you know, firehouse, strutter, hotter than hell. These were the songs that were echoing in our locker room and people had a bounce in their step. And it That's awesome. so fixed cool. a team that was struggling <laughs> to win the rest of their games. And that story to kiss meant something. And and uh, they followed through with it, which is really, I think, the difference in a lot of these bands and uh, that maybe don't care for their fans as much as they could. These guys did. And that's yeah. that's why they deserve what they have now, the proven success. And uh, their music did keep, you know, it improved and uh, they're still doing it. They, they put out more songs, more hits. Detroit Rock City, for example, one of their best songs. Um Man. It was a proud experience to be a Cadillac person. Then we get to go back to the concert. I went to the Tiger Stadium show. I took my yeah. seven-year-old son. Nice. Uh, oh, awesome. Into uh, With my jersey. And people are in the back looking at, hey, I saw your jersey. I saw you there. Um, so he got to enjoy them. I've taken him to two two shows, Jake. Um, and then uh, 
saw the last show, supposed to be the last show, 2019 in Grand Rapids, which uh, now they've got the multimedia. And guess what shows up on the back of songs? Here comes the Cadillac clips that you've been talking about. You sit there in a concert and, oh, my God, to see that, there is the part where I'm hit by something. You know, you thought, well, you probably after two years were freaking out because these guys are everywhere. Right. Uh, we saw them in Saginaw. I saw them. So I thought, already, they're everywhere already. I see them in Cobo. So I didn't get that. But right. I saw these clips in Grand Rapids, and this was before COVID. Uh, summer, actually fall of 2019, early. And I'm sitting there in Grand Rapids, in, in the 10 rows out, and there's Mr. Neff, by the way, and he's off to the side. He's there, too. But when those clips came on, oh, my goodness, emotion, yeah. the whole thing flashback and that's the emotional hit i took when i saw that part of their show still today includes cadillac michigan cadillac vikings jim neff dave Bryans, and bringing these this group in taking a risk of their jobs uh, the principal john laurent who was a former i believe marine uh and he went along with it he's in some of those pictures he went to the city breakfast they had out at uh, which is now bill oliver's or was uh, Caberfay is what they called it back then. Caberfay, they had breakfast out there with the, the big wigs in town. And uh, the principal was out there, John Laurent. They got the key to the city. Um, and as mayor, I gave the key to the city away a little bit, but not to kiss. So what, <laughs> what an experience that would have been. Uh, yeah. But seeing that so many years later, 2019 in Grand Rapids, at the Van Endel Arena, because uh, you didn't know it was coming. I had no idea. And here's these clips. You know, you get all this stuff, the whole extra stuff besides the close-ups. And here it was, That's Cadillac. Amazing. There's my buddies. There's me. There's me. I'm in the shot with uh, Gene coming down the hallway with most of the players, and I'm on his left, uh, number 88, in case people are bored. <laughs> and I went, I was happy to get in a lot of pictures out in the field where some of these guys were like, I don't know if they all got it. I got it because I went to their show and loved music. And um, I was right, tried to be right in the middle of that and took extra steps to really enjoy that, savor it. And uh, here I am quite a few years later still thinking about it and the influence it had on my life because I, I had taken piano lessons in fourth grade. I didn't do anything in music. I stopped. I went out and played baseball, football, and basketball and gave up piano. And I had, like I said, older brother, younger brother. And here I'm doing nothing. Here comes Kiss. Flipped my whole world around. And uh, I devoured music from that point forward. And like I said, I just played a gig this weekend down in Grand Rapids playing bass yeah. uh, in a group. So I'm still active. Did two, I did a CD 25 years ago and one uh, two years ago. So it was about one every quarter century. Nice. You got to let us know where people can check that stuff out, too. And okay. It's under Billy B, Friend in the Sky on Spotify. Nice. So maybe you can play that on one of your shows. Uh, sure. The um, I have another CD, older. I'm proud of both of them. My uh, newer one is, is Friend in the Sky. And Billy B, and it's all over. It's on all all of the uh, internet sites, and the uh, title song is on there. So I invite you to watch or listen to that, actually, and uh, maybe you'll 
hear some kiss there's not really any heavy guitar on it i'm more of a pop guy there's none of that ace fraley vibrato going on in no the, in the maybe <laughs> on my other one uh i just am more of a piano player and uh that's really what i've been doing i, I studied piano for years and but i play bass and guitar and it's the uh one of the things i like i'm an attorney in my real life in my 37th year of of uh, being an attorney i've got a major case coming up here a three-week trial and here i am 64 years old up against the attorney general's office and lansing and all the powers that be fbi and there's this little guy from cadillac michigan uh swinging it out but they taught us something that was pride have pride in what you do this was dave bryan's uh, when you hit somebody when you carry the ball when you do anything in life you carry pride with you well, i've tried to do that uh, but we got some nice messages out of uh, out of sports, out of this situation. And really, we learned how to relate to adults who brought this music into our life where, you know, there was kind of a, a split there, too. Yeah. There's, you know, jocks, freaks, adults, kids. The whole thing came together. The whole town came together. Yeah. And really, the coaches became one with the players as far as, uh, you know, there's not a generation gap here at all. These guys just brought Kiss here. This is crazy. Right. There's a guy playing drums, going nuts. Uh, and Ace with his stuff. Uh, it's just the, the four of them at that time were just priceless because they were still hungry. They haven't had that big thing. But man, was it coming. And was that ever a great live album? The double album is what I was referring yeah. to. Is, is, uh, I still have it up in a, a picture over here. Uh, it's in a frame. So And I've got pictures of... Uh, gene and coming down the hallway in my living room so i live with it every day still and miss that time in those those days if you could, could ever imagine having that experience though as a high school kid it's amazing uh, it was life-changing and uh, a lot of breathtaking stuff there and then i went to the concert again looking back at all these people not one without a mask and you want to talk about plant planet kiss or from another planet this transformed our city and for a city that really was not usually like that, that was it said a lot that everybody jumped on board in the end, and they, and anybody that was detracting from the positive, they were silenced. And I think they just at the end, hey, it wasn't what we thought it would be, and, it, and this is not the negative side of rock. There was one yeah. at that point, and everybody bunched it together in that little group. These guys had fun and they were positive and they, their songs weren't terrible with the lyrics like, you know, what we see nowadays. You guys are in Nashville. Are you both in Nashville? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Okay. So you've seen the music industry. The lyrics have changed a lot. And oh, yeah. I'm not sure if it's for the better, but people are, no. this is what people <laughs> buy and they support. Well, even back then, you know, you think Kiss didn't even swear in any of their songs, you know, so... When it came down to it, it's like, I think about it, it's like, man, they got to make a movie about this because it's like footloose, but like a million times cooler. It, it, it's funny because Gene looked so evil in those days, but like other than that, this is like the most wholesome story in rock and yeah. roll history. And it, it like, honestly, Disney could make a movie. Yeah. And it would pull, it, they could pull it off really well, too. Yeah, it, it, it changed a lot of people. We're, we're in the Kiss class with the asterisk. 77 the 76 claimed it as theirs uh as their class 
because uh, they were seniors that year. But this was really in 75. Uh, and that's when football is played for the class of 76. Uh, but there's a lot of pride in that. There are reunions. Uh, we join reunions occasionally. But there's a lot of pride still with this memory and a lot of positive feelings and uh, positive community feelings. If we could, you know, in this country, sometimes it's split up. If we could only pull people and uh, of all walks of life like this together again. Yeah. And here it was, the, the, the music, yeah. the, the makeup, the the, uh, the outfits, the high, you know, the boots, the, I'll call them high heels, but my God, these were on, you know, how they walked in them, I don't know. And how Gene, excuse me, uh, Ace went to the bathroom in that outfit. <laughs> so he just came out. We were assigned to Ace. Can you guys please get me a bathroom? In other words, he had sat through his makeup. He's getting that outfit on. This guy had to go to the bathroom. And we got him right where it was. It was a pleasure to take him <laughs> wait outside for him, act like we're bodyguards. But uh, that was you know, you could see they sacrificed for this. They did, and yeah. it was hard work, and uh, they deserve their success. From from what I see, sometimes we wonder about celebrities and or successful people and whether they worked hard or not. These guys did. They paid their dues early on, and uh, you know, they were nice to us then, and they they still are. And Jim's still got a connection with them, and it's awesome. There's this small chance that they would come back. Again, we tried that and we got basically the message. We're too, you know, we can't do it in Cadillac ever again. We're too big. You can't handle the infrastructure, the people. Um, So Mm -hmm. we tried. We're we're still in talks. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if a movie or something comes out on this. And it was in the works. Um, I can't say everything that was going on. I will say David Grohl showed up here and. I sat at a campfire with him and the Neffs and his family, my wife, and we sat with him for three hours in a backyard. And nobody knows. He he came through a couple places in town. Oh, no kidding. We sat back there and talked with him. He has a big interest in KISS, and uh, I'm sure he would help any way possible to get this story out there. So he, he was uh, just one person that came here to enjoy our, our monument, our KISS tour, so that was on the kind of the hush hush, but he did show up a few places, and that's the kind of person we need to to get that movie going. He's got the connections, the credibility, and also a proven record. Uh, and he cares. Yeah, that's amazing. Big, big Kiss fan. I'm sitting there looking across the campfire at David as uh, yeah. and his crew. He had a crew with him, uh, not not groupies, but workers. I mean, he's got a four person team. They, go, they were so nice, all of them. And they sat with us, too, and talked and mostly kissed up. And the same questions and uh, answers I've been given here, same questions you've had uh, that he had. And Well, you know, he, he, he did a great job on that Sound City documentary yeah. about the studio. Mm-hmm. I could see him doing something along those lines for Cadillac because it's too cool of a story yeah. not to tell. And yeah, we've gotten little clips here and there on kiss releases and the ESPN thing was fun, mm-hmm. but it, that was eight minutes long. It's like, there needs yeah. to be something long form made about the entire yeah. the visit and the, like the months leading up to it, because it's like, I know we couldn't have coach Neff on for this, but to have, um, 
you know, maybe his story, because I know there's more than what he shared on these media outlets yep. about, you know, talking with Alan Miller and Bill Coin and the management team and, and getting everything set up. I know there's got to be more to that story than what yep. we've heard so far. So there was a writer in New York. I spent three hours on a Sunday with a writer. Actually, that writer was in L.A. So that was the first go around. Then there was one in New York that wanted to hear everything. So there's been two writers that I know that have looked at this and have worked on it. And now there's a third. So and they're just trying to figure out how to tell the story. What's the best way? And, you know, there's so many angles coming in. It is a footloose story. Um, it's just, you know, rags to riches, too, for them, though, because they weren't there yet. They had just enough. I think they were they were almost broke going on this tour. And they, they had just enough to keep going. But nobody knew that at the time. And. They turn that corner and it just coincidentally, we, we got, you know, magazines, rock scene, circus, things like that back then. So, and they started popping up and then our pictures started popping up into that right after that. And I didn't see that before. So just to, in my mind, this was a, a turning point for them and something that worked for them, even though I'm not sh sure that's why they came. I think they came, they were sincere about it and they wanted to, come to our town and show their appreciation. Somebody like them, they get off their, uh, out of those limousines climbing out, you know, cause then they've got the, the boats on the high boats. And it's like, that's the alien part. Cause boats, yeah. if nothing else, the makeup, the, the black leather, you know, we don't really have leather around Cadillac. <laughs> here comes these boats. And it's like, oh, yeah, and they God. like tower over everything. Yeah. Huh? You know, and that that was the last straw because it, you were if you weren't sucked in at that point, uh, the entire outfit, but the the uh, rising up higher than anybody and doing that on stage. If you can imagine doing that on stage, mm. they talk about firemen wearing equipment and things like these guys have equipment too that it's heavy. And I can see why they would come to the end of the road. I mean that's the tour I went to in 2019, and everything got delayed and it's stopped and picked up, but. I don't know. It's just been a pleasure to have that that experience and to still have anyone interested at this point to uh, want to hear what a kid 16 years old back then had to say about a rock and roll band coming to their small Midwestern town, 10,000 people. Uh, we're up in northern Michigan. Uh, the lower part is two Michigans. We're not up in the UP. We're in the lower, the hand part over by the left ring, basically, if you were to look at that. That's where we sit in Cadillac, yeah. uh, north of Grand Rapids, south of Travers, three hours from Detroit. So, I mean, we're, we're ways out of Detroit Rock City, Metro Detroit, and and that that uh, history down there. But we really feel akin to it and uh, a part of rock and roll history to have had this experience. Oh, yeah. As a community, as kids. Um, as a school too, the school too was also incredible because it, it didn't matter if you were like longer hair, shorter hair, and we all kind of treated each other the same back then. It was not quite like it is now, no matter who was who, where they came from. But there was a slight division with the, the jeans, bell bottoms, and the longer hair versus maybe short haired kids. But we didn't notice that. But boy, when this band came there. It was unity, immunity from music and from uh, and their energy. And 
their appearance here. It still is dream. It's a dream. That's awesome. I love Everybody it. Everybody will tell you it's a dream. Yeah. It sounds like my childhood fantasy. Well, Mr. Neff would say he'd run into people forever. I was there. So he started counting them up. It was like, you know, 20,000 people were there. <laughs> Come on. You weren't there. You weren't there. No, you couldn't have been. Yeah, that gym must have been the size of Yankee Stadium, the, the amount of people that were sitting yeah, over there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it was it was smaller. We were on a basketball team. We would you know put people. They'd be standing all over, and it was the same kind of crowd. But this was you had them on the floor too, and it was all kids. Every single person. Maybe I saw maybe two people without without the older ones without the makeup. So, and my wife's sister was one of the painters. She's a professional painter. She just painted at our arts festival. She's from down by the Grand Rapids area, but she painted faces. Oh, nice. She was a year older. She was allowed to go. Or Denise, my wife, was not allowed to go and missed that opportunity oh, while her sister's painting everybody's faces in a fast fashion. But I, I went with Paul Stanley, and I don't know why, but I had the star, and uh, I had a picture taken of me. I still have that that evening and right before the show and uh, the excitement that I had in my, my head, which it's hard to explain, uh, but... You know, they came out, did their their songs, uh, Strutter, Deuce, Firehouse. It was good. It was a mini concert. And, and they brought, the, like I said, the styrofoam that took about an hour to wash out. And I thought, I mean, I had just reasonably <laughs> long hair, nothing crazy. But these guys, can you imagine with the curls and all that, how they would get that out? But everybody walked out of there with styrofoam in their hair. <laughs> little tiny chunks that would come out of these machines. Did the students paint the kiss side? The students did. Yeah. The student kiss, uh, an art student did that. Yep. Yep. They, that's what wouldn't fit through the door. A lot of stuff wouldn't fit through the door. Mr. Knopf, I'll save it, but he's got a story about the door because they got there and they thought they had everything set and the door was too small and they had to do something funny with it. And then it all worked, but the place was not made for kiss no. or a concert <laughs> no. or you know the power the power was a problem too oh yeah i bet they yeah. probably had to hook a generator up too yeah. right yeah they had some backup yeah a lot of planning went into this for a school that would never have ever seen something like this and to have to deal with those details um when mr neff was right in the middle of that and his job was basically on the line as he yeah. screws this up Something goes wrong. Yeah. And the coach, uh, head coach, Dave, Milo Bryans, and the principal. Well, it's just, I, and I hate to repeat myself, but it's just so crazy that to have that level of cooperation, yeah. A, to have the town get behind oh, it and yeah. the school staff, and B, to even for KISS and their management team, you know, to the it, it was brilliant in hindsight, but at the time, like, or even now, can you imagine a band doing this? I can't imagine a band no. doing this. It seems insane on the outset, but it was brilliant for them at the time to go and do it. And the school board, they had a superintendent. He's hired by the school board, Bill Smith. His face was painted up, too. He was on board <laughs> as well. And, you know, he's got to be thinking his job got to be on the line here. <laughs> this thing goes sour. You know, this would be our first viral thing other than other things that happened years later. Uh, if something went like that, uh, you know, somebody getting hurt up front, anything could have happened, but it was well uh, handled, well planned. 
um, no problems whatsoever. It was reasonably done. It wasn't the full show. But, man, to have that, you know, who played at your homecoming? Uh, <laughs> who played at yours? <laughs> Kiss. I don't hear that from very many people. No. No, it wasn't at the dance, but it was. You don't tell people that Double Yellow Line played your <laughs> homecoming and, and, a, and another band called Kiss was there. That's what I should do. And, oh, oh, by the way. And, but that was Jim. And Jim's family, uh, Jim was a little bit of a musician too, but his brother, I believe, was the drummer uh, in that band. And, and they were the warm up band. I couldn't tell you much about them. We were all, you know. I tried to find their music online. I had no uh, luck. No. I, was, I was like, who yeah. is this band? I think you're going to have to dig a look. Jim probably can dig something up for you there. It'd be interesting to hear their music. Yeah. Yes. It was good. It fit. And, uh, you know, they were good musicians. That was a typical warm up band. And a lot of people looked beyond that. They weren't like, you know, giving them their fair due. <laughs> but what a thrill that would be. You guys just warmed up Kiss. Right. Yeah. Even yeah. where they were at that point with, uh, with the album coming out. I mean, I don't know if it was just released right then. It was just available. It was out because it was considered the alive tour that the okay. stop was on. But yeah. And that's our problem with Cadillac is we're disconnected. I mean, movies used to take three months to get there and uh, music as well. We were behind the curve. We were very disconnected, which was good some in some ways yeah. uh, as the world turned out because it started moving on faster and it's, it's not bad living in a time warp sometimes, uh, <laughs> but we did. Like I said, our radio was not up to to maybe FM rock. I didn't hear a really a FM station until I came to Michigan State. And uh, maybe my junior year, we had cable and we had Detroit radio. So that's I live in a pretty sheltered life and, and sneaking my transistor so I can listen to Chicago radio was a highlight that we didn't have much locally and that to put that backdrop in there where you you don't have fm rock you don't know about the detroit stations and um, rock stations we had pop music that was hot in the in the 70s and we would we would uh, listen to chicago stations but not nothing like this and uh, we weren't but for jim and introducing us to his vinyl collection and uh weightlifting and then going to a concert as a as a JV when no varsity players bid on it, and they had two tickets, two extra tickets. Would anyone like them? Yes, yes. Two guys in the back, our center, our starting center, Sam Sidell. It was incredible, and that Amazing. so that's where I became very close to Jim. We work together. Any chance we get, I'm guessing he's got something up his sleeve, and and in two years to uh, bring this around. Our monument right now that sits over there, which is part of the tour, 8,000 pounds, eight feet tall, uh, just an immense piece of black marble, is right next to our football field. And we have turf going in right now. So the whole thing is under construction. It looks like a little bit of a war zone other than the field. And we have a game coming up uh, first Thursday, third week, actually third Thursday of August. And we're going to have a game there. I am the play-by-play announcer and have been for 20 years nice. for the Cadillac Vikings football awesome. and basketball. And I'm, I share duties with my friend Todd Golnick, but we have switched stations. We're on FM 1071. Hope it's okay to say that. The Drive, sure. which is 80s rock station, uh, local FM. And we have a lot of listeners. So I get, you know, 
I'm doing football with these kids. I get to see the same kind of kids that we were and uh, watch them grow and progress. I mean, it gives you hope to see uh, our future, that there is a positive side to things. And with all the madness going on in the world, you see these kids and they start 10th, 11th, 12th. You watch them progress and get better, that there is hope for, for kids. You know, I sneak into their locker rooms and, oh, my gosh, the music, the language. <laughs> yeah, inappropriate. I know I have to swear. I don't say a word to anybody. Well, I was trying um, to. I was trying to imagine you calling the game and going, you know, seeing a bad play and be like, what, what is going on? Aren't these kids listening to Kiss? What's, what is the problem? <laughs> I haven't tried that yet. I haven't moved the Kiss stuff in uh, too much into the broadcast, but I, I should. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's just so cool that a a small town has such a place in the in the heart of the fandom of this yep. band. You know, and like you know, I like I mentioned, I got my first bootleg video of it, and when I was like twelve, and you know, I'm hundreds oh. of miles away, and wow. it's just it's it's wild. It was like it was like a viral before viral, and you know, Kiss fans, I'm sure, make the trek out that way. To uh, you know, to, to look at the school and see the monument now, of course, because it's beautiful. But uh, I, I really hope that a movie or a documentary or something along those lines comes out of this yeah. because it's too good of a story not to tell. It, yeah. It's just made for the screen, you know. They've had one movie, I think, that uh, some guys going to a Kiss concert. That's about as close as it's gotten. I do want to thank both you guys for keeping the fire burning and uh, not being afraid to get out there and uh, push this band that they are special their fans are special the way they love them and uh follow them support them you know there's some controversy here and there smaller things the the new lineups and whatever and the worry or the idea of bringing the band back together for one more show would be nice but you know it was what it was and it was fantastic what it was but to see two two of you guys that are uh, you know, experts in the field and not afraid to uh, keep pushing this. I, I just want to thank you both for for doing what you do because that, well, that's needed out there awesome. as well. So this this kind of memory, this special thing that happened in northern Michigan and miles away from everybody, to see that anybody is still following this oh, and yeah. with a fine-tooth comb and knew when they were 10, 12, 13 years old that this parade video, for example, is out there. It honestly was almost like, I know the Kiss Army was founded in Terre Haute with Bill Starkey and, and his crew, but uh, but this felt like almost like the birth of the Kiss Army yeah. with, with everything. Because I'm sure there's plenty of people that probably didn't even know who Kiss was when they showed up in town. And by the end of that weekend, they were like, I'm, I'm a Kiss fan now. You know, they probably probably converted a lot of people that weekend. Yeah. And you guys are all part of history, and nothing can ever take that away from you. And I love this. This has been amazing to get to talk to you, Bill, because, you know, obviously Chris and I and a lot of our listeners are huge KISS fans. That's why we're celebrating Kissmas in July right now. And your stories here today have been nothing short of amazing. Just amazing. Like, you're a great storyteller. You make us feel like we're there. I felt emotional when you were telling the story about seeing the footage up on the big screens. And I love it, man. And I just want to say thank you for coming on the Decibel Geek podcast with us. And you have elevated Kissmas in July. This has been amazing today. Thank you. 
My absolute pleasure. I just was happy to be a part of it. Thank you. Thank you, Aaron. And Chris, thank you. I hope to have uh, Jim hook back up with you. He is actually the, uh, he's the star child here of this group. <laughs> no, I've seen the pictures. You're the star child. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> with the look on my face, you can tell. I'm just, oh, what is going on? Uh, yeah. I'm just so lucky to be there and to have that experience and, and to carry it forward. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.